With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Episode 87, Brian Gianta, twice in one week. Love it. Before we get on, boys, here, episode, can we give a little tip of the cap, a little salute to Sid the Kid, the greatest 87 to ever play in the NHL? Honorable mention to Donald Brashear, of course, but episode 87. And you guys know I love Sid, so that's my, that's my Sid conversation today. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Are you nice really to be happy? back on again. Are you really happy to be back on? Yeah, but I like doing this. Okay. I like doing it. Love hearing it. Love hearing it. Riv has a swollen tongue today, so he's not going to be very talkative. That's awesome. That's the best day. That's the best day ever. <laughs> the My day just got way sh- better. Hey, Gio, the show is so much better when Riv <laughs> just keeps that, fo- that mouth shut. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think... Um, I think it's I think it's allergies. I was sneezing a ton yesterday. You know, had a bit of a headache and scratchy throat from post nasal drip. Like, just like one of those like just miserable days. Didn't sleep at all last night, which sucked. And uh, yeah, was up at uh, six o'clock this morning with uh, my wife getting uh, getting all the decorations set up for Nate because Nate, uh, my oldest son, turned 18 today. Woo! So oh. happy, happy birthday to Nader. Happy oh, birthday and, to uh, Naderator. Yeah, Nate, so, 18. Yeah, so it's a good day. It's a really good day. And, uh, you know, listen, I mean, uh, I, 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 I feel I went back to bed from 7.30 to 9. How, how messed up is that? And uh, now we're uh, with uh, you two mutt bags. So let's fire this up. You know and what? Then, just let me that... say something before we start. Sure, it's your show. So it is my show. So I'm 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 going to start things off by saying, literally, I could be the worst gambler in the history <laughs> of gambling. Like, like I like if I I would be totally embarrassed right now if I were to scroll down on my page. Okay and show you my bets, wins and losses. Like I've got to be a 97% loss. I'm even to the point where I'm picking, I'm, I go and pick a team. And then because I like that, I feel so strongly about it. I pick the other team. That's how bad it is. But uh, yeah, like what the hell, man? Like, I'm not, I'm not you know like what? how does Detroit, I'm not surprised. How does Detroit come in to, to Tampa Bay? How does Detroit, without Dylan Larkin, come into Tampa Bay and win 4-3? Can you fucking tell me how that happens? Because Tampa's on cruise control right now. They got two weeks left of the season. They're you know just what, waiting for it. And, to shut the hell and up. Detroit, and Detroit comes in, and they're just enjoying life. They're, it was, was it in Tampa? You know, it was the sun's Tampa. shining. It's they're just on vacation already. They go out and play with no care in the world. 
And Tampa is just like, yeah, we got to get this game over with. You know it's they hit Detroit. up. You know they hit up the steakhouse last night. We got to get like, it how over about, with. How about the Ottawa Senators? Okay, they suck. They're not very good. They come into one of the hot teams in the National Hockey League. One of my go tos. One of the ones that are like, this is this is a guarantee. Vancouver Canucks. Ottawa beats Vancouver in Vancouver. Come on. <laughs> St. Louis Blues is literally one of the highest scoring. Go back to their games. When you guys have time, which both you guys have a shit ton of time because you don't work and do anything. <laughs> I go like back angry and look at Go back and look at St. Louis. St. Louis Blues, they've shredded teams. They're scoring goals like crazy. They go and lose to the Bruins in St. Louis. So why don't you, why don't you like... Uh... Take the time to talk to people and ask their thoughts instead of going on your own gut instinct if you're at a 97% losing rate. I was going to say, I hope your 3% winnings were like mega bets so they cover all the other losses, but maybe just shut down the gambling. I don't know. Maybe it just isn't for you. I don't know. I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, I've, I've done fantasy with Craig the last couple of years and he overanalyzes and everything. He, he, every other day I'm getting a text. Let's do this trade. Let's do this. Let's do that. And he sells it. Oh, you're winning this trade. You're winning it. There, there's no way. And all of it is wrong. Like he's been <laughs> like, I'm bad at fantasy. I'm really bad. Like, I don't know anyone. I don't, I'm not. Are you even Aren't you on the salad duty? You're on the salad duty. That means like when we go and have our big pick of all the players with our computers and stuff, Gio brings a salad because he's not allowed in the league. That's how shitty he was. Listen, I've made playoffs two years ago. Antipasto, no doubt, right, Gio? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Little olives on there. Um, So I'm not surprised that you're not very good at betting. Okay. Not one bit. That makes me feel better. But you got that um, out of your system? Is that yeah. out of your system? Now? Yeah, I'm out. It's, it's you feel out. better. I feel better. Okay. I think that we should have a after the whistle gambling uh, kitty. So I, I think Geo should be definitely a part of this. Like, just throw a few dollars into the boys, Geo. Yeah, and, uh, I, I have no problem together. making donations. <laughs> but you're not making the picks, Petey. You got the picks. I got the picks. the 97 percent lose rate. Yeah, but I got You're not the guy that has any control over any of it. I have you to you can't around. even have a say. You can't like that's what everyone that's a classic gambler's freaking motto. It's bound to hit. You know, <laughs> I'm turning the, I'm turning this around. <laughs> can't, you can't be cold this long. Um, you know what we're gonna do, or we should do during the playoffs, is we should have we should make our own bets, take our own picks, and just keep track. The entire way through the playoffs, every single that. game, every single night. That way we can monitor who is five hundo each going into the kitty. Let's go. So and let's build it. So it's not like you want to do that where you put One money parlay in and then the winner and- takes all. So we'll get JR in on it and we'll, you know, we'll do like a little uh, four way, almost like a pool. Whoever like has, it. whoever has the most, the, the most picks correct. Right. That'll be the winner, and they no. take home the whole. So have the most money at the end of it. Oh, you start wanna, with. Where, where, oh, where, I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we each start with 500, and then you you bet that, and then whoever, I guess, well, I guess whoever's still alive at the end. Exactly. The I was going to say. It's going to be all the first three days of playoffs. So oh, you're wrong. 
Everything's coming. Everything's turning around for me. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, I will say this though. Even even looking at the scores last night, as you talk about gambling, even when the Sabers aren't playing, they're winning. Like if you look at what happened last night in the league, because obviously we're watching Vegas. There's not a person on this planet that doesn't that wants to see Vegas miss the playoffs more than me. Okay, I'm sure there's a lot more, but I'm really, just, why though? Why? Um, I don't know. No reason. Jack Eichel for one. Um, yeah, draft like, pick number two for the Sabers. I mean, I'm thinking best interest of the franchise here because I'm getting a little sick of the losing. You know what I mean? So you got the. Draft I, I think pick. Vegas has a lot of people that. Are rooting against them, PD for sure. You think salary Wait, cap? Like, has I mean, they got a, yeah. I mean, they got a hundred and twenty million dollars salary cap right now, you know, and they have for years. And they, I mean, and, and and this is all within within the rights of it, right? So there, there's nothing to do. But what I'm saying is, I think a lot of people are saying that's finally catching up to them the way that they've kind of done some things. And and there's five games left, right? I didn't check scores from last night yet, but well, there let, me, five, let me tell you what when, happened. When, when, when there's five games left, them in LA is which I think it comes down to. They're, well, LA won they're last three night. points. They're three. Okay, well, so now they're what five points behind yep. LA. Yep. Uh, but they got a game at hand. Anyways, like how I explained it was, if LA goes three and two, Vegas had to win all five. Like that's how like. You think, oh, it's three points, five games. It's it's easy. Like the, you know, you can make that up easily. That's extremely hard to make up in five game span. And with the, I mean, Rivs. I don't know if you want to bet it, but LA's schedule is very light coming down. Very the stretch light here. Yeah, we looked at it yesterday. Talked about it. It is the lightest schedule out of any of the the re- remaining teams that are in that hunt. Um. Nashville with a huge win last night. Huge win over the Flames. And, you know, that puts them six points up on on Vegas. You know, Vegas right now, you know, with with uh only five games, they have they have 10 total points that they can get. 10. And in that, I mean, if they lose, if they lose two games, they're 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 out. Yeah. You know, like they their window is extremely closed. Even if they go five and zero, oh, they still might not make it. Yeah. Even that point that Dallas picked up last night was massive. Like they lost. Was it Dallas? Yeah, Dallas lost. Or Canucks? Sorry, no, Dallas Canucks, didn't play last night. Dallas and Canucks picked up that point against Ottawa. I mean, that's that's huge for them. And then you have L.A. beating the Ducks. I mean, it just shit's not going right for for uh, for Vegas. Let me let me just tell you quickly something that. Uh, just drives me nuts with this league. This league is getting so cheesy. <laughs> okay, the le- why? Why are you laughing? Do you know why? Because I, I I follow you on social media, buddy. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. You know where I'm going with this? I do know where you're going with it. The Vegas Golden Knights. This is how. This is this. This is oh. This is just. This is why you should let players run the Twitter. Not not someone hired to run the Twitter for all these teams. The league is getting so embarrassing and hokey and cheesy. Vegas tweets out, hey, at Anaheim Ducks, if you beat L.A. tonight, we'll ask Petrangelo to give the breakaway challenge title to Zegras. Deal? Give me a fucking break. See, I look at it like, granted, yeah, that's hokey. But I love what L.A. threw back at him. Like, that's, oh, yeah. to me, that's funny. Like, you mean L.A. chirping 
onto that. You know what I mean? Like that's to me, that's fun, man. It's almost like, hey, like you're admitting fun. something they wrote. Yeah. You like that, Gio? I do. I don't mind that. I don't mind LA's freaking. You got somebody in the media relations office sitting down to their computer or phone and chirping each other within the organizations. You know what I mean? Like that's just. I I, I agree that the Vegas one was hokey, but. I like the fact that some of these teams have no problem going right back at them, right? Like, uh, what was it, Carolina and whoever, you know. Yeah, there's uh, been a there's been a few. Last year, you know what I mean, with uh, Montreal. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of – That was funny. good. That's with funny. The, that was the offer sheet one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, that, that that's all right. That's a little more cutthroat. This is just – I'll that tell was you this. Cheesy. I'll tell you this, that Vegas should be in the playoffs. With the team that they have – they should be a playoff team and they should be when healthy. They are a team that with the, with the addition of, of Jack Eichel, I think they, they could be without question, a cup contender. For sure. I mean, and listen, I mean, the goal differential normally by the end of the season, it works out that all playoff teams, are a positive goal differential, right? Like it, it's a stupid stat. It's, it doesn't really mean much, but somehow it always works its way out that a playoff team is in the positive goal differential. LA and Dallas are both minus in the goal differential and they could make the playoffs. You know what I mean? How much? Like, I'm not looking at it. What's uh, the- LA's minus three, Dallas is minus six, and you got Vegas and Vancouver sitting on the outside at a plus 17 and plus 16. Um, and the rest, you know, it's all, if you look at the East and you look at the rest of the West, those are the only two outliers in that. And every year it just kind of, cause it's in that little quick stat sheet, right. And you see it in the green and red, it's just something that over the course of 82 seasons seems to work itself out. But for some reason, LA and Dallas have been able to. Maybe but it's not like they're like here. at 20 or 25 or no, whatever, right? No, like, I mean, they're, no, no. they're pretty close. So they're bubble teams. So, I mean, their, their records are, are, are what? I mean, I don't even know what their records are, but I mean, their wins and losses. It's not like they're, they're 50 and 30. Yeah. They're 41 I mean? and 27 and you know, 43 and 28. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Gio, I got a question for you and it, 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 it uh, it's a little, maybe not off track, but you know, the Sabres, the Sabres next year are in a situation that they need a, you know, Cody Eakin, I would imagine, might not be back next year. Um, you know, is Keegan Koslar a guy that you would be interested in if he was available at any, any stance? So right now he's a 25-year-old player. He's the fourth-line center for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's 6'2", he's 220 pounds, right-handed shot. You know, former for, uh, third third round draft pick. He is very fast for a big man. He is a very very powerful guy. He's physical, he's got nasty to him. Uh this year he had 75 games played, 7 goals, 23 points, you know, 68 penalty minutes. He's he's a guy that can play a very rough physical you know style of game is that a guy that you feel that you would want in the lineup or you would want something different like just just hypothetically would you rather have 
a Keegan Kostlar that is a big, physical, aggressive player, or would you rather have, you know, um, Erasmus Asplund, for an example? Oh, the analytics nuts out there are going to be mad at you for bringing up Asplund. They love him these days. Yeah, and, and listen, he's got it. We've, we've said it. We've said it before. There's a lot of similar type players on this roster. So you need to start to diversify and separate what your one, two, three, and fourth lines are going to look like. In this league, you want a first and second line that are basically 1A, 1B. You want a third line that is like the old second line, right? That they are going to be able to pitch in offensively. They're going to be able to create. They're going to be able to hold the puck. They're going to be able to grind it, uh, kill some time, wear some teams down. And then you need a fourth line that, in my opinion, can play hockey. They can be extremely skilled. But I think that's where you come in with some of your diversification. You bring in some guys that can check. You bring in some guys that can grind. You bring in some heavier guys uh, that keep guys accountable. And I'm not saying the old days of fighting and, and stuff, but I think you need a physical presence for sure. Even though the game is trending, away from finishing checks and the like, I still think there's a big purpose for those guys in your lineup that can really make it miserable come playoff time for defensemen as you're forechecking. You go back the first two, three times, you know, Rivs is a D. Yeah, it's not bad. You go five, six, seven, eight times, and you're getting finished every single time in that first period. Second and third period, you're like, oh, man. I got to go do this again. And eventually you have to make the same decision, make the right decision and execute that with a guy on your back and knowing you're going to get finished again and again and again. And so you need those guys on your fourth line. And I think, I don't know whether it's next year that Buffalo starts to shuffle that in, but in the, over the course of the next two years, they need to start to solidify what their first, second, third, and fourth identities are going to be on this team as they approach that playoff caliber team, if that makes sense. So I, I, it's hard to say who that guy is coming in. And I think with Kevin, and I'm using and him the, and as the, a hypothetical. Yeah. And I, him yeah, as yeah. a, a player that, you know, that has the size that has the physicality that has ability to play the game. Like he's a good hockey player too. Like he yeah. makes plays. He's, he's, you know, 23 points as a fourth line guy is, is, is certainly not, not bad. I, I think where this, in his role, where this organization sits and the approach that Kevin is taking, I think is the right one. You need guys that want to be in Buffalo. That's extremely hard sell for some people because the, the way it has gone over the last 10 plus years, nobody wants to be a part of it. They think it's a shit show. They think things aren't going in the right direction. And that's why this year's important for this organization is they're making strides in the right direction. Now the talk when somebody calls a tuck or they call a Thompson or they call an Oki and how are things in Buffalo, there's a much different conversation happening around the team. And there so is. now now you can start to get people that want to be here. Well, so if, Gio, if, if, if you have a enough? six foot, if you have a six foot four guy that, that has all the analytics and, and, and you on the ice fits the way you want, but he comes here 
and is not excited to be a part of the team, that's not going to help you. I'd rather have an Asplin who's excited to be here, a different type of player. That's going to be better for the room than a guy that on, on paper, on, on the ice, the perception is that that's what you need. I think you need guys that want to be a part of it now. Well, I'll, I just want to add this quickly, Riff, because I know you just took a you just inhaled as if you're ready to go for for a long winded point here that you want to make. And I just want to add this: I don't think there. Yes, Gio, you're right with the players that you just mentioned. Yes, there is a positive vibe in Buffalo, but I don't think they've done enough on the ice yet for free agents to say I want to go there because it gives me a chance to win. You're not at that point until you no. make the playoffs. Well, like you're it, not I, you're not luring or getting guys to move off their no-move clause, clauses to come to Buffalo, you're not getting a free agent, uh, a UFA here, until you are a piece or two away from winning. This team is, I said, I said, what did I say last week with you guys? Five forwards, four forwards? I say five forwards, two defense, and a goalie away from, from being a, a legitimate playoff contender that's how far away I you, think they are. when you say this when you say five forwards are you including a jack quinn see, see no I because think, those spots are spoken for i'm speaking about i'm talking five players in specific roles pd you're talking enticing a someone who has a no trade clause enticing a free agent to come here is a top end player i don't think you're looking for that player in the next year or two I think oh, you not. have your I think you have your top end players. So you're looking for your role guys. And with that, they they don't say how many no, they, you're they right. Have, they don't no, they, they, they have, have they, they have less options. They don't have the no limited. trade they don't have the no trade clause. So what you need to do is make sure that they are on board and they're not like, oh shit, this is the only job I can get with an extra five hundred grand thrown into the mix or over two years, you know, it ends up being an extra million for that player. You don't want to get into that type of habit where you are having to entice guys to come here. You want them to be a part of it. And I agree with you. I think you're still not there because it's too small of a sample size. It's one year. They've made good strides. They've made good progress. But where they sit is not where anyone wants to come. It's really more like only three, immediate. three months, to be honest with you. But Yeah, yeah. but you know, so, so I, I think – you're still not there. The point I was trying to make is that I would rather have a player that wants to be here over trying to fill that role in the current situation of the organization in two, three years, then you're having a different conversation, but you need and to get is that to that point. Because, is that because in the next year to two, you're allowing Owen power to get his, his feet under him. Like, yeah, we're all watching Owen Power right now, and it's the shiny new toy. And he, you can clearly see that this is, this is a first-year player that has literally just come into the league, and he looks, he looks the part. He, it's like, wow, this kid can really skate. He's got crazy size. He's got skills. He's up in the rush. He's confident. I don't think, we're, I don't think we've even come close to seeing what Owen Power is going to be about in two years from now. No, no, definitely not. And, and so is that true? when like Jack, Jack Quinn's going to come in here. He's shredding the minors as a 20 year old. That's that doesn't happen very often. Okay. Goals, assists, everything. Jack Quinn. How long before Jack Quinn 
takes his game to the next level. And now he starts to become a household name. Well, well, his rookie year. Yeah. But, but it's a household name and being an extremely impact player are two different things. Tage Thompson. Thompson, Yeah. Tage. And and that's great, but he's still going to have his ups and downs, right? He's not going to, there's very few SIDS and, and, and OVs that come in and just dominate from day one. You know what I mean? So, Everyone was shitting on the trade for Thompson. Everyone knew, okay, he could be something. Well, you know what? He's had a great year. Great for him. Now, it's, the focus changes. Can he follow that up? Yeah. Can he be that consistent year in and year out? Because it's not – this league is hard. Gio, and you so, scored 48. Do you, think it's, do you think it's almost like a, a – I don't want to say curse. I mean, it's great that he has this many goals and he could score 40. But do you think it's almost like – you wish he didn't tear off that well, much in one year where he No, I mean, I, you want him to continue to build and, and gain confidence and, and have confidence that he can be a go-to goal scorer. What is going to happen is expectations change one, contract status changes two, and the teams play you differently. I don't care who you are. It is extremely hard to do that at such a high level and be the guy that your team relies on night in and night out be the guy that the team's key in on night in and night out and live up to a big contract. Like there's all these factors that, that go into it. You sign a big deal. You're like, shit, now I got to like, the expectation has changed, you know, and it, 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 your Brady's, your Crosby's, your, your OV's, your Gretzky's. Those are like, that does not happen. You know what I mean? Like look at Carlson in, in Vegas, look at, trying to think of guys that have had very good careers. They sign a big deal and then they have to struggle in for a little bit and find their, their consistency. All that's going to happen. Point being with a lot of these guys on the roster, Thompson's taken off. Tuck's going to be great. Power's going to have some ups and downs. He's going to be a stud, but he's not going to be the guy that he is today. Five years from now, he's going to be, even more of a stud five years from now. Think of Darlene and how he's progressed over the last few years. He's my favorite he's had, winner. He's had NHL. some ups and downs, but he's starting to find his stride. Quinn's going to come in. He's going to have a good year, but he's, you want him to continue to get better and better. And that's why it's a few years out before these studs, I don't want to say our household names, but before you know what they really are, before they're, they're high, high, and their low, low is figured out, what is their working base throughout year after year after year after year. Is that a 30-point guy? Is that a 50-point guy? Is that a 70-point guy? Like, those are all – you can have 70 points, and then the next year have 30. Now we got to find where you're going to be over the next five years. Well, listening to you talk right now, it's almost like it, it makes more and more sense why Kevin Adams, you know, when he talked to us, and Gio, you referenced this last week um, when he was on with us, something he said about staying the course – because he might not want to put that pressure on those young players that are going to be here next year. Jack Quinn's going to be here. Paterk is going to be here. Power's going to be here. And for those three guys to come in and almost like feel like they have to produce in order to, to get this team to the playoffs, that's, that's, that's almost unfair in my opinion. So you, 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 yeah, wonder- you want them to co- you. Yeah, for sure. You want them to come in and be who they are, continue to get better day in and day out. And then it, morphs into a team of players like that that are pushing in the same direction that are peaking at the same time together. That's what I think you're looking for. Let me ask you this question then. 
How was your nap, Ribs? <laughs> I, listen, you were a big hot air balloon that you just let out a whole lot of uh, awesome stuff. And as you're sitting there talking and letting your, your everything out and what, and I agree with how you're thinking. I agree with how Kevin Adams thinking. I think, you know, the fans that are, that are listening and the fans that are watching this team, they're understanding that Kevin Adams has broken this thing down. He's made major, major, major changes. Like when you trade away a Sam Reinhart and everyone's like, Sam Reinhart's fucking amazing. He's this, he's that. He scored 20 goals every year. He's a 60 point guy. Why would you trade him? Why would you trade Risto Linen? Well, I think there's a lot of people that were happy that Risto was traded, but he'd been here for a long time. The Jack Eichel trade, just continuing, shredded, tr- like traded the, 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 the faces of this franchise for the last six to eight years. And I like what you're saying and, and Kevin Adams, uh, you know, allowing these guys to play into roles giving them opportunity to grow as young players, understanding that they may not be a playoff team right now, but not going out to resign, uh, you know, go to unrestricted free agency, overpay guys to come here. No, he's going to allow the young guys in this core of players to basically take over this team and be elite players in the league. Just like what we've seen in Tage Thompson this year. My question to you is, I'm going to name a bunch of guys. You tell me if they're, if they're going to be back. Okay. Skinner. He's back. Thompson. Back. Tuck. Back. Cousins. Back. Middlestat. Back. Krebs. Back. Aposo. Back. Gergensen. Back. Asplin. Question mark. Okay. So if Asplin is back, okay then you have three spots that are available. Three. Is, is, Spit it out. Is Olofsson going to be back? Oh, there's a big debate about Olofsson these days, gentlemen. Listen, I mean, he just, what, scored 20, right? So his numbers aren't bad. He scored 20, Gio, and he went 20. 30, I know. 29 games without a goal. I, I 29, think, and he still scored 20. I think what you do with Olsen is, listen, if there's, this is every GM's model. If there's a way to make your team better and diversify your team and, and continue to strengthen your roster, I think Olsen is your guy. I don't want to say that's on the outside, but he's your guy that you can move to get a good player, right? Like, He's he's going to be valuable to a lot of teams. Not that he's not valuable to you as your the Sabres' current organization, but I think he has uh, some value on the market, and you can turn him into a couple pieces that will be really good for you. Now, if that doesn't come across, those hockey moves, trades, whatever you want to call them, don't come come to, and you like what it is, I think there's no reason why you can't continue to have him on your team and make it extremely useful for your team, your organization. Does that make sense? Like I, I it, yes. Olsen for me, it depends on what you're getting and how good you're making your team. If not, I, you have him on your roster start next season. You see how he's doing, and you run the risk of you know like having him 
be in a 20 game drought again and losing some value on him. But I think you just have to continue to monitor that situation. And he's a guy, if all these other guys take off your Krebs, your Tucks, your Thompson's, your, uh, you know, Quinn's, those guys continue to take off. Olson is the guy now that can be flipped for good pieces. Not that but he's not useful for your team. I would rather have a guy team. that scores nine goals and is better defensively. You can you he might be a little more physical. You can put him in penalty kill situations. Olson is like he's he's very he's very one dimensional. You know, I mean that's and that's the problem. And some I mean, teams need that though. I think where the where the Sabers are getting to is they no longer need that just pure goal scorer, narrow focused. Um, that's what I'm saying. Anymore. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying he's a bad player and can't play in league. He's a phenomenal player. Well, but they need the- scoring. Sabres need scoring. Always. Oh, On their roster right it. now, they only have 20, or they have four 20 goal scores. Or actually, two twenty and two. Do you have any doubt that Jack Quinn could come in next year, play on the second line, and score twenty goals in this league? I don't. I don't. I don't. I just said to you a few minutes ago. I think he's going to be a fifty-point player his rookie year. That might be high expectations, but he has shredded, shredded the American League for two years now. Did and you the see a shootout is, goal by the way last night? Did you see yeah, that shootout goal? I don't think it should have counted. I don't think but. it should have counted either. But That's still, the, the, the move is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So who does he play with next year? Does he play with uh, Cousins and Krebs, or would he play with a middle stat Olison type? I don't see him excelling with middle stat and Olison. Personally. Why? I, I, I think that – I don't know what uh, – that's a a light line in the sense of how they play the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love the way you put that. That's a light line. It is. It is. Like in this league, that it's line's about gonna get puck eaten possession. Alive. Yeah, it's about puck possession. It's about winning battles. It's about getting the puck back, right? Like there's something to recoveries. There's something. And that's why guys like Gergensen and Akposo are important is because they can win those battles. Whether they get a point or not on it, like someone has to go get it at some point. You know what I mean? Someone has to win a battle or make it uh, a simple, easy play sometimes for the for your skill to take over. So that's why you see some of these lines across the league that are built with a couple skill guys and then a guy that is is very good but is okay in his own skin to make easy plays, to go in the corner, win battles, to... Uh, create time and space for the other two. How do you feel about them apples? I, I think, st- I think, I, I think you stick it uh, Ocposo with him. I think you, I don't, I don't know. I, I think you. Talk he's a he's or, a right winger that that plays right wing. He's a right shot that plays right wing, or does he play both wings? He plays left wing that. too, doesn't he? You would think with We're his skill set, he can play left. You I think would think he's a right winger. I would think he's a right winger. And you're going to want him to come in and be comfortable when he comes in, right? So you're yeah. not going to want to stick him at left wing and be like, hey, <laughs> welcome to the NHL yeah. and welcome to left wing. That, yeah. I mean, that, that happened to me in Jersey 
uh, Kevin Constantine took over and we're light at center. And he's like, Hey kid, can you play? Uh, it was my first year. Maybe. Hey, can you play center? I go, yeah, I can, I can go. I don't know how it's going to be. You know what I mean? I'll see how I do. And, and he left me out there against freaking Yager at a D zone draw. I had maybe 20 games experience. Sure enough, I go to play him on the half wall and he absolutely dangles me, goes in. I don't remember if he scored or, you know, Berder bailed me out, whatever it may be. But I was like, oh, man, thanks for setting me up for failure, coach. (laughs) (laughs) Played center for for 10 minutes in the league and you're leaving me out there against Yager on a D-zone draw. Hey, he wants you to get that experience against the big guys. I got it. I got it, buddy. And I learned. (laughs) Don't lunge at Yager. Contain. Why do you, uh, why Riv? I mean, you know, uh, my you, wheels are turning. I, I, I just, you know, I, I look at this team and, and, and how it's played in the last 20 games. And there's obviously, there has been no additions to this team, none. But what the one thing this, this year, what's happened with this year is like Gio said, there is a huge collective buy-in that every player on this team loves to wear the Sabres jersey. They love to be around each other. I've had, you know, uh, talks with Matt Ellis and, and guys like that, that they are around the environment and they're watching these players love to stay on the ice and do extra and they're having fun doing it and they're finally they're they're having to be kicked off the ice because they will not leave they they're they're rink rats they want to be there they want to have fun and they're getting better and you you translate the second half of the buffalo sabers season to not additions that they've brought in it's to the growth of the young players. Casey Middlestat at the start of the year was not here. And as much as we don't talk about Casey Middlestat very much, he's a hell of a hockey player and he is helping on a line. And I'm not even going to call it a one, two or three or four line. I'm going to call it. He's on a line that is, is clearly having success. Tate Thompson and his growth as a centerman this year has sparked you know, a Jeff Skinner, okay? And and his play, T- Alex Tuck, you know, coming off uh, a, a, a tough knee surgery, getting acclimated to a new team, getting, getting comfortable with a t- new team. You can clearly see that his leadership and his, his environment, his, his love to be at the rink is, is, trans, is transmitting through the team. Dylan Cousins, who I think we have not seen anything of what this young guy is going to be. I think he is still slowly in every game getting better, but I don't think that we've seen the Dylan Cousins that we're going to get in a couple years from now because of the growth that's going to happen in his game. The same thing with Peyton Krebs, first-year player in the league, starting to get better. And I just look at the entire team. You can look at the back end, you know, from a uh, Matias Samuelson was not here at the start of the year. Either was uh, Casey Fitzgerald. You know, Casey Fitzgerald's 5'11". He's like 180, 190 pounds soaking wet. 
but he's like a freaking honey badger. He'll go after anybody. He'll protect his teammates. He's going to play a role. And, and these things are you're starting to see in the lineup now. And that's why the team is so competitive with all of these teams in the league. I mean, top teams in the league, they're right there. But it's like when I look at the lineup, you have to add in power next year. You have to add in Jack Quinn next year. He, he has to come in. He is having too much success in the minors. Paterka? Where does J.J. Paterka come? He's leading, he's leading Rochester right now. He's a point-a-game player. Is he going to start with the team next year? Or are they going to leave him? Because he's only 19 years old. He's turning 20. He's very young. And this is a very young lineup. Do you want to bring J.J. Paterka in here? Because if J.J. Paterka... And everyone's going to be like, are you fucking crazy, Rivs? Like, what are you talking about, J.J. Paterka not playing here? Well, listen. Listen to what I'm going to say. If J.J. Paterka comes here, he's not on the first-line power play. He might not be on the second-line power play. He's not going to get into to the key situations of the game that make him great, but he will in the minors. He will have all the opportunity, and he's going to continue to grow and build, and he's only going to be 20. So why speed something up? But, but there's a balance there, Riz, on something like that. You got a guy that's led the the team in the minors the year before. He comes into camp. He has a good camp. You send him down. The conversation, it, it's not going to be taken well from the player, right? Because everyone wants to be in the NHL. I don't care who you are. Camp comes around you have a renewed sense of I can make this team. And anytime you get sent down, it's like, a, oh, man, another year. And for a guy that is leading the team, he's going to be like, what the hell else can I do? I went down, handled my business in the minors all last year. I ha- came in, had a good camp. What else do I need to do to get in this lineup? You know what I'm mean? going to tell you what it is. You need to be, you need to be better. And I'm going to tell you why. Listen, so J.J. Paterka is leading the team right now in the minors, okay? He's got 24 goals, 63 points in 66 games. So just under a point a game as a 19-year-old hockey player. And you think to yourself, that is special. That is unbelievable. And then you say, no, it's not unbelievable. It's very good, but it's not unbelievable. I'll tell you what unbelievable is. A player that has 25 goals, 57 points in 41 games. I'll say that again. 25 goals, 57 points in 41 games. That is an elite player. That's an exceptional player. You know who that is? Yeah, it's Jack, it's Jack Quinn. Quinn. Jack Quinn. And you know what it reminds that me of too? What I'm is saying is what I'm saying is that conversation you are having with Paterka at camp, you send him down. And in his mind, he's basically, you're saying, hey, you're, you had a great year. You've done well by us, but you're only 19. You need some more time. When you got power, you got Quinn, you got Krebs, you got all these young guys in your lineup, your cousins. What the hell? If I'm, if I'm Paterka, 
I'm saying to myself, the conversation with myself is, what the hell else do I need to do? You well, here, let me, why, let me give why you is it, why is it me, not good enough? That's me, all I'm saying is that's the conversation that's going to happen. Let me give you some stats of a player here. I'm going to give you some stats of a guy that I played this, with. Can I just say one thing before we go there? Sure. This goes all the way around. This does the full circle, Geo. This is the full circle to the first question that I asked. Are we bringing back Olofsson? Well, that's that's the problem. So Paterka needs to, Paterka Paterka, to go. He he's he's bumping. Winger. You need to bump someone at some point in your career to get your spot, and so those are the decisions that you have to force the team to make, or you're just good enough for them to be like, "Hey, I'm going to see how it plays out." You know what I mean? So the that's where the player is forcing the organization, the general manager, the coach, to make the decision like, "We want you." Instead of this guy, we're going to now move on because you are ready. You're there to go. How much money do you have to pay Victor Olofsson at 26 years old? So he's got one more year. So we're, we're talking this season ends. This season ends. Victor Olofsson needs a contract. He can either sign a one-year contract or you can sign him to a long-term contract and take him out of his unrestricted free agent status. And let's just say that the Sabres do not want to do the, the long-term deal. They want to do a one-year deal. Well, now he's, now he's in arbitration. Victoria Olsen's going to go to arbitration. And the arbitrators are going to look at his stats. And in, in his first year, it, he had 20 goals in 54 games, 42 points. The next year, he had 13 goals, 32 points in 56 games. This year, he had 20 goals again. 44 points in 68 games. Now, here's the thing. The analytics uh, that's presented to the arbitrator does not know that the guy doesn't go anywhere near the front of the net, okay? He doesn't know that this guy does not hit. They don't know that this guy's not a great defensive player. They don't know that he won't block a shot. All you can say is, yeah, the guy's got a great shot on the power play. He's offensively gifted. And he's going to get a shit ton of money for it. These are all the things that come into play when teams and organizations are making decisions on players. Yeah, you got to move him. You, 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 they're projecting two, three, five years out because you got to work with the salary. You're talking your Tucks, your Thompsons, your, your Darlene's. What's Powers' next deal going to be? What is Quinn's next deal going to be? What is Cousins' next deal going to be? And so, that's where another point being made of why Olsen becomes expendable is because you want these other players over him. And How so the salary does not on deal? the salary does not match what he means to your your team. Yep. He may absolutely he be worth it, but on your team, he might not fit that. Yes. How much money is Victor Olsen gonna make? Because I I've read a, a the analytics guys are uh, you know, and I respect these guys. But they're going through the roof on Victor Olson. Okay. Oh, yeah. And they're here's the thing for 29 games, for 29 games or 28 games this year, Victor Olson didn't score a goal. You know, they say maybe he was hurt. Maybe he, uh, he had a, he, yeah, but he had a bad listen, wrist. He had a bad <laughs> wrist. Okay. So <laughs> many listen, guys I mean, I've seen play hard with a bad wrist. But listen, it's going to affect you. But then all of a sudden he's caught fire. Here's the thing I would have traded Victor Olson um, at the start of the year. I would have tried to trade him in the middle of the year. 
And now that he's playing exceptionally well, okay, and he's producing points and goals, it's even better for the Sabres. Because I believe that Victor Olofsson has put the Sabres in a much better position and they're going to get a lot more for him in a trade to get another piece that's going to help this team. If you feel J.J. Paterka in the minors right now, Gio, like you said, if he's ready to take a position, then there's your position right there. So I just I wanted to say this about Olofsson. You asked how much money he's going to make. Right now he's got 20 goals, 24 assists, 68 games. Um, uh, he's he's going to be all of $4 million. He's going to end with 50 points and 20-plus goals. He's going to be $4 million plus. Easily. Easily. And I got to tell you, no offense, no, no. I'd rather go and get three $1.5 million players that will grind their asses off on this team then have Victor Olofsson because you got Quinn coming up. You got maybe Paterka and who knows who could develop into something else. But Victor Olofsson is, I, 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 I read all these analytics and I hear these arguments and I respect the arguments, but you can't look at charts and say that this guy's an effective player. You can't, you've got to watch him play. And when you watch him play for me, I see nothing but a, a good shot and an occasional, you know, flash of brilliance. Very he's, occasional. He, he's going to, but he's going to have a purpose on a different team. Does that like, yes, just, yes. It, it's just like his purpose two years ago on this team was extremely important. But now that you've brought in this talent, now he becomes the guy that is less effective all around game. And now he will be extremely good for someone else yes. and he will be good in this league. He's just not the right player at the right time for this team. Okay. So last thing I'll say before we let you go, Gio, here is a player's stats that played in the NHL and had a phenomenal career. Started out. He was a second round pick. Okay. Uh, his first year in the American league, 26 games, 10 goals, 16 assists, 26 points. Okay. He played in the NHL that year. He played 49 games as a 20 year old. He had nine goals, 19 assists, or nine goals, 10 assists for 19 points in 49 games. Goes back to the minors the next year, plays a full season during the 0405 lockout. 67 games, 16 goals, 45 assists, 61 points. Okay. Didn't get a chance to play in the NHL that year. Comes to training camp in Buffalo, is by far, without doubt, one of the best players at training camp, by far. Okay goes back to the minors, plays eight games, has seven goals, 13 assists, 20 points. He gets brought up in December that year. He plays 70 games, and he has 18 goals, 46 points. Let me ask you, what changed? They had to make a move in order to get him in by December. So they send that player down, like Rivs is saying, to now their decision was made at camp that we're moving on from X player to now let this player come up and play might have been right? earlier than December. Cause I don't think he we, we, regardless, games. you know what I mean? Like, they, so they send him down coming out of that camp. So not that he's not ready, but give us time to make a move. And if that conversation is had with a Paterka or something like that, that's different than just saying, go down and work kid. You're 19. Let's see how you keep going. You know what I mean? But like clearly something had to change in order for that guy to get up into the roster 20 so, points uh, in eight games that's what changed eric roy I, 
I, I don't Roy. I don't know what's it Derek Roy Derek Roy Holy <laughs> what a call Rivs unbelievable so that's what I yeah I, I don't to know me, I, I don't see know a what parallel between him and Jack Quinn for sure and it's this is taking nothing away from Victor Olson he is a very skilled hockey player he is he's very skilled but when you have a young player that is developed in the minors and he is ready to take over a position, you don't have to go and pay Victor Olson four and a half million dollars to play on your team. Go bring no. in JJ Paterka that's yeah. going to make 900 or yeah. Jack Quinn who's going to make nine. And, and here's the thing JJ Paterka, his upside is through the roof. Talk to Mike Pekka about him, had a long, lengthy talk about uh, some young guys in their team. He is a huge fan of J.J. Paterka. Huge. So, I agree with you, Riz. Something's got to give at some point. And these are the decisions that are going on, discussions that are going on day in and day out in that office downtown. Like that, That's what people don't understand is these conversations are happening. What do we do? Where do we, in a year, do we do this? Do we do that? How do we, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, we we basically just had a boardroom discussion right here, boys. Just saying. Yeah, just breaking G- it down. Gio, 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 as uh, as Riv just said, huge, huge, huge. I mean, maybe you're not huge in stature, but you're huge in status. Thanks, buddy. And we really appreciate you coming on today, buddy. Yeah, as always, it was good. I, I'm going to stop saying we appreciate you coming on because I think you appreciate coming on just as much as we have. In you. I love it, man. I love it. I have fun. Yeah, no, we, so don't, we know you're doing it, buddy. We know you you're got to wait in the circle oh, wait, wait, of trust. Wait, real quick. He's not real quite. Quick. He's not in the circle of done. trust. Listen, I'm not in the circle of trust. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't he letting I, us I, go, Craig? I let Did I, you not? Listen, I, w- I had to go. Yes, I got, I got to go. <laughs> but yesterday, I let Ribs in at the middle school, you know, uh, drop off. Our kids go to school, middle school together. They're the same age. He's got his shiny white freaking hoodie on with the big logo on it. Where the hell's my hoodie? What is I'll the take logo a hat. Say? What kind of shirt is that? After the whistle. It's amazing. Hoodie. I am like, the founder, like, president, host, director, editor. Every. I don't do even have Do you have, have one? one. No. Nope. Okay. Petey, send me the logo. Send me the logo. I'll go make some for us, and we can leave ribs on the freaking <laughs> sideline. I'm going to make hats for us shirts? and hoodies. I'm going to make our own for I'm me I'm going to tell you, you this, Gio. Because that's what Ribs did. What a team player he is. Listen, listen, listen to what I'm going to say. I went and I, a, I, I, I did this logo, which it's not, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool logo. And I went and uh, put it on a couple sweaters, a couple hoodies, uh, a white t-shirt just to kind of see how it looked. I went and got a couple hats, um, which are actually still at the rink right now uh, in the coach's room. But I mean, um, Zimmer helped me out and, uh, just to kind of see what it looked like. I wear this thing around. I wear these hoodies around these and dude, I'm hoodie day. every day, buddy. I'm Love hoodie it. every day. Hat every day. Yeah. All right. Well, well I walk uh, around the same city. You walk around fucking free promo, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like I'm it. I'm making right? my own Petey. Send me the logo. I'll we'll make our own for me and you, buddy. I, I will I'll have our uh, graphic uh, designer reach out to you <laughs> and uh, you can, you can work with him directly after the whistle's taken off boys. Yeah. Well, it's taken off. Yeah. Well, there happens to be an eye in that team. Apparently <laughs> it's unreal. It's unreal. You're a real team guy, Riv. Gio, thanks for the time today, man. By the way, uh, Riv, I got to tell you, someone corrected us on our OV talk yesterday. 
we forgot that his rookie year would have been the 0405 lockout. So add that to the games missed. I know. And they said we were not informed. Like you guys aren't informed. I'm like, no, we just we who forgot. won who oh, won rookie it. of the year? Who won who won the Calder that year? Ovi, Come, didn't he? Ovi. No, uh yeah, uh, what won the year coming because, out of the because Sydney they were, they Crosby were, only had 102 points. Yeah. <laughs> only only well Ovi <laughs> had like 502. No, he scored 41 goals and had 102 points, and that season was terrible for Sidney Crosby because Ovi 51 snipes, yeah, 106 points. Suck yeah. it, Sid. So Ovi, so Ovi had 51 goals. I thought he had, I thought he had 54, but he had he had 50, 52 goals his rookie year. He had 52 goals. Great number. Do you remember? Do you remember the third player nominated for the Calder that year? It was Sid, Ovi, and and what littering position? and littering Thornton? and Thornton or Chichu? No, littering and smoking what the reefer. What? What position? Defense. Drew Doughty. No. Um, Lidstrom. Lidstrom. Lidstrom in 2005. Fucking 10 what are years you smoking? Are you on crack? Jesus. <laughs> That's a little what are you talking about? <laughs> Lidstrom <laughs> was in the league in 1995. Yeah, he was in the league already 10 years. Oh, Calder, Calder, Calder. Sorry, 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 oh. sorry, sorry. Never mind, never mind, never mind. Never mind. What did you, what did you think I said? Norris? I, I thought, yeah. No, oh, I thought you said, I thought you said uh, uh, the heart there. Oh, what team, okay. Petey? Uh, Calgary Flames. No Hanfin? No. <laughs> no Hanfin. He's way younger than that. In, in, he's only been in the league years. five years. Noah Hanfin. And he start. He didn't start with uh, Calgary either, by the way. Well, where'd he start? Well, it doesn't matter. Oh, Meester's but... older. Uh, man. What team was he Who drafted was to, Petey? The player that I'm talking about or yes. Noah Hanfin? The player that I'm talking about is drafted to Calgary. But did he play for Calgary? Yes. Uh, um, Jerome Aginla. What? <laughs> Demon? What? Don't talk about me. He's way older. He's older than I am. Jesus. Jerome and he's not a, a, and he's not a D-man. And he's not a D-man. Come on. He played for the Leafs. Signed a massive deal with the Leafs. He was captain of the Leafs. Triple double Dion. Double Dion. Double Dion. <laughs> the double Dion. It's a double Dion. God, That's I my... hated him so much. <laughs> Me too. Like, so Me too. much, but man, did I love the way he played. Yeah, I, I went love the way he played. Nah. Is he still married he was, to that Alicia Cuthbert? I didn't like the way he played. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I sat I sat with her in the family room uh, when I went up to watch uh, Clarkie MacArthur play a game for the Leafs. She she was awesome. She's such a nice person. I was just like, oh, my God. It's Alicia Cuthbert. Dion Phaneuf can't take me. I don't think that's what I was thinking in my head. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> as, he's, as he's running his hair, hand through his hair like yeah. this. He might have, Dion can't he take might have a me. contract for $49 million, but I'm going like, hey, uh, girl next door. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how, how you do it? How, how are you doing? All right, boys. Gio, All thanks for the right. time, man. See you Good next stuff, week, Gio. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.